It's life on life's terms. Here we are. We're live. The Life on Life's Terms podcast. Uh, I'm Tom Robinson, and we're still not affiliated with any of these darn 12-step programs. Huh. <laughs> we're not however, affiliated, however. We do like them. Yes. Yes, we do. Big um, fans. I'm Chris Mandeville. We are here at a New Way Recovery Center in Quincy, Mass., on Quincy Ave. Um, lots of resources here for people in recovery um and come on down yeah come on down um there it's it's pretty cool here there's a whole community um yeah and they are ever so gracious to let us use the space to provide you with this podcast so we are very grateful to them and and so speaking of podcasts and community we're trying to build our community so if you could please subscribe it would really help us out a lot i mean we do this uh for free and for fun um, uh, sort of yes. fun, but sort of yeah. serious too. Yes. Um, and, tonight uh, we have uh, Jean Marie. She is going to tell her story, and um, it's a pretty, uh, pretty powerful one. Um, I don't know if I would have made it through it, to be honest. So, could you uh, gonna, could you close that door? Yeah. You? Sure. Yeah. Excuse me. You're excused. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we will turn it over to you, and so um, I've got the mic. Yours. It's yes. all me, huh? It's yes. all you. All right. Just gonna bring that a little closer. All right, I need to sit closer. Yeah. Okay. Either way. Either, Either way. way. Oh, good evening, everybody that's tuning in. Um, it's really great to uh, get the chance to sit with some uh, good guys. One yeah. I've known for a while, and one I just met. Yes, um, and and I. Like, I've wanted to have you on here because, you know, we want to cover all aspects of everything, you know. we. I think you're going to get you know, that with me for yeah, sure. <laughs> like, like, we don't want just recovery. We want, we want people that are, you know, adult children of alcoholics. We want therapists. We want doctors. We want people that work in the field that aren't addicted. You know, we want everybody because the more information we can offer to the people out there, the better off it is that someone yeah. can find some help in what we do. Absolutely. It's all about understanding. It's all about spreading a message. It's all about yep. uh, getting some message, you know, yes. Uh, yes. for ourselves and, and, and uh, learning and, and stuff like that. And, and you know, to be honest, I have uh, dreams and aspirations of, of, of helping more uh, you yes. know, with this project uh, yes. in the future in different forms. But, you know, we can talk about that well, later. Right. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not going to be dreams. They're goals. They're, they're goals. goals at this good, point. Good, good goals. Good yes. things to That's come. That's right. Yes. That's right. Put it that way. All right. Well, let's see. I'll start a, a little bit about myself. Um, I um, I grew up in uh, a town called Rockland, and I'm the oldest of three. Um, I did grow up in an alcoholic home. Um, my father was the alcoholic, um, and I, you know, I remember early on. Um, you know, uh, never knowing, uh, you know, from the beginning uh, when he would walk through the door, whether it was going to be a good night or a bad night. So, 
you know, the unmanageability in my life started really, really early with me. Um, you know, everybody's always scrambling um, or, you know, walking on eggshells. I am the mm. oldest. Oh, so yeah. I'm the oldest, so for some apparent reason, I felt like I was the one that was, I always say this, I became the uh, caretaker early yeah. on. Was he angry? Were there at, or was someone? Was your mom angry? Was there anger? No, no, no. anger. He was actually a pretty, if there's such a thing. I mean, he was a pretty happy kind of a drunk. Yeah. Um, so your, mo- be, your mom yeah. was the one who was unhappy. Yeah, my yeah. mom. My mom is the total opposite. Never touched anything in her life. Maybe had one cocktail uh, at each kid's wedding. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, total yeah. opposite. And you know, she grew up with parents that were extremely strict. And he grew up, and, you know, I believe it's a family disease. You know, he's my father's uh, dad died when he was 12. He was an alcoholic and beat him, and he was raised oh, by yeah. his sister. So, you know, you you only learned and taught what you're right, right. What you what you're given is what you're given. And right, he, yeah. He didn't have much tools when, you know, he had us, and uh, he was great when we were little. But as, it's a, as we all know, this is a, a progressive disease, and as I got hmm. older— um, I started to really recognize um, that there was something seriously wrong going on in my house. Right, you and know? that's yeah. going to be going to be pretty high upbringing, losing respect a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to bring friends back, and uh, I never did. Nobody, the sleepovers right. were always at somebody else's house. They were mm. never at my house. Yeah, more, <laughs> that, more you're because, like, oh, you know, I, can't I don't do know that. what's going to happen. Exactly, um, I have no idea. Actually, there was one scenario that um, it was probably in my junior year, um, and uh, I decided to bring a friend home. I don't know why for that particular day, and he walked. We had a dog, and um, he walked in the door and tripped flat on his face, and thank God the dog was laying there, so he made it look like he was patting the dog, because he saw the look <laughs> of horror on my face. And I immediately uh, said, oh yeah, we're going now, see you later. Oop, that was like the last yeah, time yeah. that had a, you know, ever happened. But, um, you know, for me, I, um, one of the th- things that I, I noticed about my dad, I guess, was um, he also was a pot smoker. Um, and uh, the pot made him happy. What is what I noticed around the age of oh. eleven? I started smoking cigarettes at eleven. Um, oh, really? So was that like the first time? Like the first thing that you did was smoking cigarettes? Yeah. 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 Like probably stole them from your dad or your mom. Yeah, my yeah. mom, but mom and dad both smoked. Yeah. So I stole mm. it. I got caught. You know. Yep. Beep, 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 oh yeah. yeah. Okay, that was. But you know, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not just gonna. I won't smoke in the backyard where I'm gonna get backed. Yeah. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go down the street. I'll go down the street or another behind friends. a tree or something. Smoke them in the school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not yeah. right outside where they just look out the window like, what the fuck are you doing out there? Exactly. Yeah. You know? I mean, I literally, I think, was right outside his window. I couldn't have been any more, uh, I couldn't have been more obvious. But one of the things I noticed is um, there used to be this black case on his bureau. And uh, he used to go in there and come out. And I would, for a God, I'd say six months. I obsessed about that. What's this case? What is in yeah. that case yeah. in his oh, room? Oh, really? And then whatever is that it is. the age of eleven? Uh, now, I um, I picked up for my first thing was pot. Obviously, it was fourteen. Yeah. 14. Oh, 14. Okay. Uh, the cigarettes came first, and then a couple of years later, um, as I said, my father's um, 
addiction started to progress too. I mean, mm. when I first remember being little, it was more drinking on the weekends here and there, and then it became a daily thing. He was a very functional work. He worked his whole yeah, life. Yeah, functioning alcoholic. Yeah, he yeah. went to work, brought yeah, home a paycheck. Was, back then, it was like everybody was basically a functioning alcoholic. You oh, know a lot I mean? of people, yeah. yeah. A lot of blue collar, a lot of, you know, just middle America, like, yeah, you know. Brought home the paycheck, yeah. whatever the wife said, you know, okay, and then the rest was to do what he wanted with. Um, so, you know, I, uh, like I said, I had noticed that for a long time, and, and, and then I noticed when he did do something from what was ever coming from that case, he seemed pretty happy. And I, I, can, <laughs> I can tell you, and I, I'm, I'm 100% of this now, I didn't know at the time, um, because I had done my step work, but... Um, I always felt probably from six um, on, I would say, a little odd. Um, something didn't really feel right with me. Um, again, I became the people pleaser. My father would come in and I would be Awkward. Like, awkward. Yeah. Not smart, not pretty. You know, all that mm, inside stuff. Not um, enough, yeah. I remember one of the first traumatic, really trauma things for me was, and and this comes sometimes with addiction, is depression. And um, we had a house, and next to the house was a barn, and my father was a mechanic, and in the barn, um, he fixed the cars. And uh, I remember one night he was extremely drunk and upset, and he, not probably thinking that he was saying this to his eight-year-old daughter, but he basically told me he was going to go hang himself in the garage. Oh, my In the barn. So that's trauma. Yeah. So yeah, for, a, for a while <laughs> after that comment, and I couldn't understand. I'm an I'm an eight year old. Wouldn't I be enough? Holy Why would you want to yeah. go kill yourself? I'm your daughter, you know. But so you internalized that. I did, and yeah. Uh, yeah. I spent. Um, I believe it or not, I spent a whole year getting up every other night and literally t- tiptoeing down the stairs to go to the outside barn to just make sure I flick the lights. Wow. Off, mm. Shut the lights off and make sure that wow. it wasn't hanging there. Um, because we don't know. I mean, we what child's going to know that at that right. age? You yeah, know yeah. What I mean, I didn't exactly. know it was part of some of his addiction. What you know? adult is going to think that that would affect the child so much? You, you know, you got to look back and say, <coughs> back then, you know, uh, people didn't realize how smart kids are and how much they take in and how oh, much things affect absolutely. them and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Oh. It really that's that's just such a perfect example of how much I'm, I'm we trying to like be be cognitive of that now, like with my oh, daughter, yeah. you know, like oh, yeah. the things that I say and and you know the things that I do and how I react or respond to what happens at home, mm-hmm. like I, it's crazy. I I got this book called um, the Peaceful Parent. Nice and like this woman was the same way. Like screamed, yelled. She was like, the 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 moment that I realized I needed to change was when I was yelling at my son for yelling at me. Right, like, right. You know, well, like yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. all learned. Like everything. She's like a sponge right now. Everything that I do, she's right. gonna pick up. Yeah. You know. And you know, like we, as like you said, like parents. You know, especially if you're a brand new parent or whatever, you mm-hmm. don't, you don't know that. I mean, yeah. we'll speed yeah. up to my story. I mean, I have a lot of that stuff too where i didn't wasn't aware i'm like then they don't know what's going on oh yes they did yeah absolutely oh yes they did yeah um you know so i made my way through high school um i um i always talk about this um, when i ever talk from the podium my uh, first i guess addiction or obsession was men 
Mm. I thought, oh, yeah. thought they were going to fix whatever it was going on inside yeah. me that didn't make me feel good about who I was. Mm. Right. Um, so, I, you know, I always said, or I always seeked something. So, yeah. you know, for me, like I said, it was high school. The boys noticed me. I was a cute little girl. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. It's always, it was always something outside, something yes. external to, oh, people to fill that People are fantastic for that. Uh, I mean, oh, you yeah. Can, you can blame them. You know, they are recreational. You know, you yeah. all sorts of good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People. Euphoric. You <laughs> can get, you know, yeah. like, you know, it covers everything. Oh, yeah. It covers everything. Yeah. I mean, and then again, you, you can stem that right back to the fact that I did didn't get the attention that I was supposed to get mm-hmm. from my dad, and I, you know, I, right. I, I do. I'll, in my story, you hear I did make an amends with my dad on his deathbed, but you know, mm. for a lot of years, the stuff that I didn't get or should have gotten, he wasn't like I told you. You know, he can only bring to the table what he can bring, and he didn't have that ability to really love. And that's something as us growing up. I have a, a middle brother and a younger sister, and. Um, the word love was very seldomly used in the oh, house. Yeah. It was an awkward type of a thing. Right. Um, you know, everybody, um, I was always the outsider, go-getter, go-getter. My brother was the same. He, you mm. know, he was, did was sports with him and then tech school and he was never around. Yeah. And then my sister was like uh, stuck to my mother's apron, like so scared of everything, you know. Oh, but, yeah. Um, you know, so by the time I got to high school, you know, it was all about that. I had been, I picked up pot, so pot became, um, all through high school became a daily, um, thing that I did. Mm. And then, um, if I was involved with, um, I was one of those people, you talk about chameleons, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was one that was like. I'm not just going to want to be, you know, back then it was called the freaks and the and the jocks and yeah. the nerds and whatever the, the groups were. There might have been five or six different cliques. Yeah. And right. I was not happy with just being in one. I had to be yeah. in all of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if someone in one of those groups did not like me, I would make sure whatever it was going to be that I was going to get them to like me. Yeah, right, right. Because right. we don't we, – we need the approval of everybody. Everybody. Right. Everybody. Yeah. But like – I remember being younger. I mean, like, just the way they look at me. I know they don't like me. There's something that, you know. And, oh, they're, oh, yeah. oh, they're, oh, they're talk, definitely talking about me. Yeah, I know, I know yeah. right. right. Like, I'm you know, and then and then you want to you overcompensate one one to fix that. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So Absolutely. crazy. Absolutely. So yeah. you know, pretty much, but my whole my whole high school revolved around finding the right person and in and out of relationships, smoking, mm. and um, I really didn't get in into any trouble. Um, I did struggle with school um, and the tension piece of me of being able to sit still. And um, I convinced myself, again, part of my inside uh, voice telling me lies. Mm. Um, you're too stupid for this stuff. So, you know, you know, I was stoned all the time, too, so I probably was. But, yeah. you know, um, yeah. I just had a hard time. I could study for vocabularies and then the test would come and I'd go blank. I'd be like, yeah. uh, you've got to be kidding me. So... You know, college was not an option for me. I already knew mm. by the time I hit my senior year, I'm not. Excuse uh, me. Yep. Um, I'm not going to go to college. Um, I could barely get through high school. So. Right. Um, I. Uh, so I think I was 17, and we got the fake IDs to go to oh, the nightclub. Nice. So um, they were easy back then. 
Yeah, they were easy back yeah. then. I don't you could know peel about. it open, change <laughs> the picture, glue it back together. <laughs> yeah. And I used to, I didn't even bother with that. I had somebody else's fake ID who was like six inches shorter than me, 100 high ounces heavier than me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Different yeah. hair color. Yep. No yep. problem. You used to go to the rat, the rat. Oh, I used to go to the rat. Like crazy. That's funny. Nine lands down street. Yeah. Mm. So at 17, and, you know, honestly, um, I didn't have strict parents. My father was always intoxicated um, majority of the time, and my mother was too caught up in that. So because I hadn't really got in any huge uh, issues she trusted everything I said to her. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah. So you were like right under the it danger, was all lies. right under the radar. <laughs> Sorry, mom, if you're hearing this now, but you know, yeah. most of it was lies. I'm oh, going yeah. to my girlfriend's house, and you know, I'd go over and get changed, and you know, so the night. So you did go there. You just didn't stay there. I just didn't stay <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So um, the nightclubs became the it thing for me, um, and. Uh, you know, there were nights where obviously we'd, we'd all get drunk and not know where we parked the car or, or any oh, of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, and all that fun stuff. Yeah. But, you know, my mission, and I go back to this all the time because it's, it stems from my dad. I mean, my mission was that, okay, if I'm not going to go to college, then I'm going to find the man of my dreams. Every little, you know, every little girl's dream. Mm. Find the... The, the white horse, the night, the, yeah, the yeah, house, yeah. picking fans, the children. <laughs> yep, no, yep. It doesn't go like that. Yeah. But, you I'll know, be a stay-at-home mom. So, yeah. you know, mm. um, out at nightclubs, I decided mm. at one point um, I danced at a nightclub, not stripped. Um, <laughs> yeah, let me clarify that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, back then they used <clears throat> to have performance dancers. Um, my, it's funny because I found pictures of my mom when I was a kid and she was a go-go dancer. Yeah. This woman had... Like, when we were kids, she would dress us up, it's funny, around this time of year, as, like, kiss characters. <laughs> and, like, we, we, like, won every contest we went to because oh, she yeah. had the wigs. She had the big platform boots. She, would, <laughs> she sewed, so she would make our costumes. That's awesome. And, like, I'm looking at these pictures. And she, You know, she's, like, got this short blonde hair, and she's got this sequin dress, and she's on this little table. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. It's yeah. like she t- she went around with bands yeah. and was there were they dancers? Exactly. I, I uh, put a couple of uh, chain link cages in some nightclubs when I was uh, oh yeah putting up fences yeah <laughs> for uh, for go go dancers yeah they had uh, yeah so it was Vincent's on uh, <laughs> oh yeah Randolph. oh Vincent's yeah. um, and it was probably Jesus my first son was born in eighty nine so and I graduated in eighty three so between eighty three and eighty five I was just that was my mission. Um, to go out, and I can t- tell you countless nights. Um, I used to say, well, drinking really, really was, wasn't my thing, but it obviously was at that point, too, because um, everybody has stories like this, but you guys will crack up on mm. my stories. So, you know, I, <laughs> I say... I never liked who I was. I always wanted to change who I was. And so I would go out to, so you guys physically see me now. I have like brown hair. Mm. I get brown eyes. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'd go out to a nightclub with a wig on. And first, my hair would have been maybe short here, but I'd have a wig on that would come down to about here. Yeah. And really? I, and I'd have green contact lenses in. Wow. And then back in the day, they used to have these uh, breast jelly things it so as chicken cutlets you know what the hell they were <laughs> <laughs> and they used to have them so i'd go from to really and you know yeah, yeah. i'd go out to a nightclub or whatever the case would be and <laughs> you know end up in the next morning the guy would be like 
What the hell? A, who the hell are you? Were you a blonde? <laughs> Weren't you were yeah. a blonde with blue eyes? And I, you know, now I've got short brown hair, brown eyes, and no breasts. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's just you know, that's just a funny example. But mm. I did that a lot because I was just so insecure yeah, with yeah. who I was, and um, yeah. <clears throat> It wasn't until, uh, um, you know, so then I figured after a couple of years of the uh, club stuff, uh, maybe I'm going to go to a gym. And um, I met somebody that did bodybuilding. So, mm. I, like I said, the cameo in me comes out in whatever I do. And I ended up doing uh, bodybuilding for three years from 19 to 21 oh, wow. if, I, if I wanted to uh, if I wanted neat. to be with him I've had to go to yeah, the gym yeah, and yeah. he was there seven days a week three days a week I mean three hours a night rather it was crazy yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, he was from Quincy he actually won Mr. Massachusetts back in uh, my joints are hurting just thinking about I that know, yeah. I know yeah. <laughs> so whatever they did you did yeah, I did. Yeah. I mean, whatever you liked, I liked. Oh yeah, yeah that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, That's the caretaker, isn't that? Yeah. Uh, that the, we found that the, a lot of guests uh, who are uh, in Al-Anon or have parents or you know the yeah. alcoholics end up with that caretaker thing. Yeah, and I like I said, I, I think for the fact that um, my. Um, family, the alcoholic was my dad, and a dad plays a huge role in a in a girl's life. Yes, mm. yes. It stems what they believe, and and sometimes for me, and I talk about this, you know, um, love and sex got a little twisted for me. I thought that you know, and I, I I'm not saying how many people I was with, but you know, I thought yeah. that in order to have a, a, a gentleman like me or want to spend time with me, that you know, I had to, to give it up a little earlier than normal, which then internalized made me feel crappy inside again so now i'm adding yeah. more crap to the inside yeah and, yeah and and that's gone askew even worse now i'm sure like i'm sure i'm, I'm absolutely. no people don't know what love is no, no. I, I would say i would say 80 percent of the people out there think that having sex with someone is love and yeah, it couldn't be the furthest from the fucking truth it, yeah. to be honest. you're right you're right you're absolutely right. right you know like i i see how people are in and out of relationships and like you know, all these hookups and Bumble right. and Tinder and all this oh, bullshit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you guys are, you guys are just spreading disease is what yeah, you're doing, doing yeah. to be honest. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's, and, and in more ways than one. It takes a more huge, ways than one. huge commitment yeah. to be involved. Yeah. In now the, all that overtime comes love. But, you know, right. so I... Um, I uh, God, so you know that relationship again. My relationships were a couple of years, but you know something always just whatever wasn't right, and uh, it was uh, 1988, and it was plays in Weymouth actually. I went there once. You did? Did you like <laughs> yeah. it? It was like an all ages night or something. Yeah, now it was all CV- right. Now it's a CVS. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now it's in Rockland. It's back in Rockland I again, think, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. It plays yeah. in Rockland. Yeah. I, I don't know if I liked it or what. I had two groups of friends, and, and one of the groups of friends were the type of friends who would go to some, a place like that. Yeah. yeah. And I just kind of stood on the wall, and I don't know. I didn't feel a part of when I was there. Uh, yeah. yeah. I just remember everybody getting on the floor during that part in uh, Rock Lobster. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So I think that because I always, I was obviously when I said I danced in a club. I mean, I always loved to dance, so that's where I, you know, for me, that's why I liked going right. to them. Yeah. And I did a lot of bathing suit contests at the time because, keep in mind, now I did three as a bodybuilder, yes. so I was in yes. great shape. Right. Right. Um, and I walked into. Um, 
I walked into Playas and uh, immediately saw... The, there he was. There he was. <laughs> <laughs> That's the man. Yep. That's it. I'm marrying this guy. You there know. was probably a light from the stage shining down uh, on his you, head. You know what? It could have been. Um, <laughs> I remember that I, I did win the bathing suit contest. I came in first place, and he came and got me off the stage because he was one of the bounces there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, so lo and behold, uh, we connected, and um, uh, you know, I I met him. Uh, I think it was eighty eight, in the end of eighty eight. Um, we dated. I um, and I'll share this because I don't have any shame on any of my stuff. Um, <laughs> I met him uh, three months later. I got pregnant. Uh, didn't have any problems with the guy before that for two years, probably because he was doing steroids or something. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. And um, we had just met, and it just wasn't the timing, so I chose not to uh, have that baby. But six mm. months later, I got pregnant again, and I said, well... <laughs> I'll be damned. I guess I'm having this kid with or without you. Yeah, right. Um, right. And um, and and you know we decided uh, to to make a go of it. He was more of a player than I was. I uh, realized what did I get myself into? And right. those well, are the look type where of he guy. worked. Yeah, and and, and on top of like, <laughs> listen, on top of me telling you that I was always on the mission to find the guy, I didn't tell you that the guy was always the bad boy that had a, uh, yeah. six other checks on the side. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, it wasn't Jeez, the guy that was yeah. going to treat me right yep. or anything else on top of it. So yeah. I always went for the hottest guy in the room, and you didn't really care too much about me. So then game on for Jean. Or yeah. I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm not like any other girl, you know. Mm. So I'd get myself all in this pretzel trying to and that's, you know, what I did a lot. Mm. Um um so I met him. Um we had our first baby. Um and and remind you through all this, I didn't uh was not using. I didn't have a oh. drinking problem or I wasn't smoking pot. I stopped Smoking yep. when I took yep. up bodybuilding, wow. uh, I became a health nut type thing through all these years. And um, so your addiction was like laying uh, dormant, love, like acceptance. At this point, you were using that for uh, yeah, 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 filling yeah. it. it so, was, yeah, substituting yeah. with that, and then yeah. having my first baby. Of course, you know you always know you have children. Oh, yeah. yep. oh my god, my first child. Yep. Oh, that's gonna fix me. You know, he ch- he's changed my world. Yeah. Um, yep. Matter of fact, he actually changed his dad's world because when I met David, he was an alcoholic. <laughs> mm. um, oh yeah. And but he was a binge alcoholic, so it was on the weekends when we go to clubs, and here I am, like eight months pregnant. I'm going home, and he's like, "Yeah, catch up with you later." And I'd see a girl drop him off, and I'm like, "I hope this is gonna change after the baby's born." You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it did, actually. Yeah. Um, our, wow. our first son, Corey, was born um, July 1st, 1989. And uh, hmm. he did a, a 380. And um, we decided, everybody was like, get married. I'm like, uh, let's just wait on this a he little did, longer. He did a 380? No, no. 360. No. Yeah, 180. 180, 360, whatever. He spun around. He He turned it around. He He turned it around. around. He got his crap together. Um, (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Yeah, so um, we decided to wait till uh, 18 months later when we got married. I got married in September of 1990. Um, Wow. And uh, that's when my son was born, September 1990. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Things seemed good. Uh, the parents that I that I mentioned still lived there, and I had asked if we could knock the barn down and build a like a duplex. 
um, and they agreed to it. So now I'm now my father is still full blown, and 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 I skipped a little of this, but by the time I was a senior, he was into coke, and by the time mm-hmm. I was in my twenties, he was a crack addict. Oh, so he just went oh, bing man. bang boom diddy boom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Wow. So your mom um, held it together, and they didn't lose the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, well, it was oh, well. They got it for my, off my grandmother back in the day. Twenty four thousand dollars. I mean, it was paid off. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So they actually had to go put a mortgage. Um, on, re, you know, it was paid off, and then they had to put a mortgage on my side, which um, was fine. But I, you know, I went from <coughs> that back to the frying pan to live back at home with what mm. I knew what would go on, and. Um, yeah. You know, I just didn't really think how it was going to impact my children as they got older, too. But um, mm. along in 90, uh, 91, November of 91, um, I, we had our second son, Jesse. Um, it seemed all was well. But after my second son was born, I kind of noticed that um, we all do this, maybe not. But you know how you go like... I'm going to go buy 15 pairs of sneakers. Oh, no, wait a minute. I'm going to go buy this Mercedes because it's gorgeous. And then six months later, I hate the payment, and I don't want the car anymore, and it's worn off yeah. and all that. Oh, way. yeah. Kind of mm. happened with my marriage. Ooh. Like, I yeah, thought I loved him. Thought, I, you know, having two kids was great, but then all mm. of a sudden, two years into my relationship, I just didn't, um, I don't really know if I love this guy. But guess what happens? Right after my son Jesse was born, I find out I'm pregnant with twins. Whoa! (laughs) You gotta be kidding me! (laughs) And you know, I'm like, um, I mean, literally, right after I had Jesse. um, Yeah, because that's like the most fertile time for a woman. Yeah, right after. Oh, really? I think he might have been two months, three months old when I found out Mm. I was pregnant. And they said, how, how far along did you say you were? And I said, I'm blah, blah, blah. And they said, well, well okay, well, I went for my ultrasound, and um, this literally happened. So I'm laying there, that the lady's got the screen in the ultrasound, and she goes, oh, there's one. Oh, wait a minute. There's two in your belly. I, I, I didn't know. I tried. He fell off. Yeah. The, he fell out of the chair onto the floor. Um, I'm Whoa. trying and don't know whether to be happy or, or like, are you kidding me? We got like. Yeah, because now you want out of this relationship. And I got a two and, and, and a half. And, and, and I have like yeah. two and a half. And then Jesse just probably is like three months old. Yeah. And now uh, you're telling me I'm having two more babies. And, uh, and I was like, okay. There would be a girl in there or something, please. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know, boys, I think, are the easiest. But, I mean, um, so um, I, my pregnancy was tough. Um, it's a lot of work. Yeah. I had uh, the two at home, and then uh, I started to go into false labor around six months. And they said, you know, this is way too early for you to yeah, have Yeah, bed these, rest? Yeah. Uh, way too early for you to have these mm. babies. You need to just stay yep. on bed rest. And, um because they're twins, and now they're going to be smaller than a normal baby, baby anyways. Yeah. So, And yeah. I have a, a hard time. We talked about this earlier. I'm a goer. I'm a cleaner. My OCD kicks in. I'm cleaning house. You'd never even know I had kids because everything has a set place to go in my house. And mm. just, I'm just, right at that point, I look back <clears throat> at my life, it was pretty unmanageable already because I thought I was managing everything, but everything was just, you know. Right, right. Mm. 
Um, and they put me on bed rest, and everything seemed to be okay until around 28 weeks. And um, I started having contractions. They sent me to South Shore, and they said, um, yeah. South Shore Hospital? Yeah, they said, uh, yeah, no, you're going to Boston. You're going to mm. Tufts Medical Center in Boston. I don't know if we can stop these babies from coming. Um, I spent... Uh, wow. Yeah. That's scary. I spent three days on bed rest in the hospital, and I said, all right, you can get up to use the potty. And I think just the the, um, the amount of pressure, of, you know, trying to carry the babies, it just was like within two hours of let me have that privilege, I went into full labor. David had just left. That was my t- husband at the time. Mm. And uh, get back here right now because we're having them. Uh, he got back. Just, I had to have them C-section. Um, wow. One, then one where they breached, but um, he mm. got there just in the nick of time. They Jordan, my son Jordan, came out first, and then uh, I didn't know if there was a second girl, if, they, if the second baby was a girl, because they couldn't tell me. They said we think, mm. but she mm. kept on hiding her legs. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. And two minutes later, um, Rachel was born, which I got to see like a hello and see it because they were taken off yeah, to the yeah, NICU. Yeah. She was oh, born. Yeah. She was born uh, one pound, 12 ounces. Wow. Wow. And he was That's like two pounds, three ounces. So small. Tiny. It was, it kitten. was crazy. Wait, yeah, yeah. Kitten. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Jeez. I have pictures of them. They literally fit in one of the little, because um, it was around Christmas time they were born. So they were born one week shy of Jesse's one year. So I have Irish triplets. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So they were born a week before his first Ooh, birthday. Yeah. They wow. Were, they, were supposed to be bo- they were supposed to be born in January, and they came November 8th, and Jesse turned one November 15th. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that was crazy. Three kids in a year. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. So, and then... Um, and then right after that, you know, so they had to spend three to four months in the hospital, of which this is where my, um, I guess, my uh, addiction really started to, to come into full force. Um, I started having migraines. Um, everybody in my family suffers from migraines, and uh, Furosets were readily available mm. anywhere I wanted them. And so... Is that opiate? Um, it's a barbiturate. Oh, barbiturate. With yeah. caffeine in it. And so what happened oh. with me... Most people take them and they go to sleep and it relaxes the muscles that are the tension and stuff. But for me, the caffeine, it was like, I've never done speed, but I thought if I was going to say that's what I like, I was like, boo. Yeah, right. So it took me there with a headache, but it also had me get up, get the other two ready. Um, I put them in daycare. We'd run up to the hospital. We'd spend two or three hours up at uh, Tufts Medical Center. We'd come all the way back home, take care of the kids, and then we'd go back up to Boston again and we did that every single day for the three months. Wow. And while you're chewing the furosets. While I'm chewing the furosets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were in my mouth every day. Um, and um, it was um, about a month into it, um, they do all these testings, and they said, um, and, uh, sorry to tell you, Mr. and Mrs. McCauley, but your daughter is blind. Um, Whoa. She was uh, born with, uh, they call it ROP, which is retinopathy of prematurity. Her retinas did not get a chance to develop properly because she came too early. Oh. Um, and then they told me that Jordan had it, and there's like five stages it can go to. If it goes to three, it can regress. If it bounces over to the next, they detach. Hers did, and his went back, so his, eyes, his eyesight was fine. Oh. Um, so uh, I was like, uh, my only daughter... 
it devastated me. Mm. Devastated me. Um, he, you know, the doctor said to me, I wanted to climb over the table, and I get it now, but he's like, well, better have never, for her to have never seen than to see and then lose it. And mm. I was like, you know, you really do it? Yeah. Are you yeah. kidding me? Why say that? Why even say help. that to yeah. me? But, um, it doesn't help. You know, so I I believe at that point that that amount of pain um, for me um, went from, uh, like, we talk about this being a progressive disease, um, the furosets went to, um, if I could get my hands on Tylenol, codeines, or Vicodins, mm. I get my hands on cocaine, co- whatever. Cocaine I tried when I was 18. I just did the opposite to me. I didn't really, I didn't like it. Yeah, I could sleep and eat on it. And I was like, this, oh, really? is, re- this is retarded. I don't like this. So, <laughs> so usually people that are ADHD and they give them a speed, it does the complete opposite. So th- yeah, here we go, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I know people that were crackheads that, like, they would chill and be like, you know, take a big, huge rip and, and really? be, like, completely fine and could focus and do whatever they want. That was about, wow. That's the only thing. I never tried yeah. the crack. And I think <clears throat> I didn't try the crack because it was a stubbornness because I was like, I will not be like my father. Yeah, right. And that's what he did, and I never touched it. But well, let, me, let me tell you, there's something psychological about that crack cocaine in me that uh, it just I could envision it in my head so clearly uh, clearer than anything I could ever revisit in my memory was that crack rock being lit and disappearing because <laughs> <laughs> oh, it like melts tell- and disappears yes and, yes and I could just I could just picture it so clearly, and it brought me out several times. Like, oh, I'm just gonna have to get a hit of crack. I'm a dopehead. I'm not gonna. It's not gonna cause me problems. And next thing you know, I'm yeah. off and running. Yeah, and pockets of friggin' I, rabbit ears. I, I'm telling you, I think too. I mean, along with saying that, uh, didn't want to be like my dad. I mean, I actually between the cracking of the jaws going a mile a minute. Oh yeah, ratchet jaw. I'm like, what oh, are yeah. you doing to one of my boyfriends um, that I had dated? I'm on the floor looking for white things and I'm like, what are we looking for? Oh, or oh. to the tree police, <laughs> there's somebody outside in the trees. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm, Car- yeah. Carpet I'm, farming. I'm out there looking and I don't even know what the hell I'm looking for, Who but I'm would, like, no, I'm not even on the stuff. They're out there. Who? Who's out there? Yeah. They, they are. No, oh, I was like, no, that's I, not going to be I me. I'm remember, not doing that. I can remember driving, and I would be looking in the rearview mirror more than I was looking out of the windshield. Oh, yeah. Like, so paranoid that, like, the, the 78 Pinto that's behind me is... <laughs> yeah. Or, or you're, <laughs> you're so fucked up that you're like, I know this guy in front of me is following me. I know they're following I think me. I, had yeah. an, I think I knew I already had enough shit going on. I didn't yeah, need right. that, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. uh... You know, uh, finally the babies came home. Uh, this guy kid- ahead of me following <laughs> me. <Yeah. laughs> oh, my God, that's too much. Oh, um, sorry. That's all right. Um, so at this point, you know, um, Jordan was a little more sicker with uh, lung problems. They told me he was deaf at one point. So now I have a, I have a daughter blind and a son that's going to be deaf. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You need to retest his ears. He had ammonia several times in there. Yeah, yeah. Thank God they tested him again and his hearing was fine. So... Um, I got to take them home. She came home in February. Uh, Jordan came home in March. And in June, I told my husband, get out. <laughs> Whoa. I was like, I can't do this. It's that was not brave. working. Yeah. yeah. was brave. <laughs> um, and, and I'll tell you. The reason- he, he may have been like, thanks. 
Um, you know what I mean? Because now you got all this work that needs to be done for these kids that need care. Yeah, I gotta, so I, much work. But it's you know. funny. I got to give him credit as much as, you know, he is still a full-blown alcoholic today, too. But um, he was great. Um, uh, he got up and fed the kids always at night for me. Mm. Um, he was a fun dad with the kids. Um, yeah. It was just that, you know, whatever... I had going on inside of me, and I had looked at my parents' relationship. They had been, you know, back in the day, you get married and you don't you get divorced. That's yeah. it. You stayed oh, married. Oh, yeah. And right. I, you know, and I looked at how much my mother had sacrificed her entire life. She loved to dance, she liked to do all these things, but she didn't do any of them because she never knew how my father was going to react. So yeah. she gave up a lot of stuff. And honestly, we have one go around, and I was like, these kids are little. If I'm going to do it, I need to do it now. And I yeah. made the decision where they were really young to just, we, we separated. Mm. Um, and uh, I don't know if that was, that probably was, you know, it was a decision I made at the time. But um, so he went back to his um, his mom's and he, he would come every, he had open visits. I didn't, wasn't one that said, I got myself in trouble with that at some point. But, you know, come take the kids on the weekends because now this is what happened to Jean. Now Jean's 28, four children, and uh, felt like I missed something. I don't know what I thought I missed. So, so I went, now you're trying to make up for I'm it. I'm going back out to clubs again. Mm, yeah. Now no. I'm going out, and I'm going out in mini skirts and long thing, you know, thing on it. He never said, what are you wearing? And you're going out that door. You're my wife. And yeah. I don't know where his head was at. So, you know, I just said whatever. And um, somewhere between um, all of this, um, it, it went from Vikes to um, the OCs came out. And I think they came uh. out in, I don't even know when they came out in the 90s. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I was already I was already doing heroin in ninety five ninety six. So yeah, I don't think it and, was and in the nineties. Uh, uh, in the, yeah. I don't think it was nineteen ninety. That it no, no, there was people mid nineties. Yeah, there was people that I was getting them from back then. Right, and I was taking them and selling them and getting yeah. heroin. I, so I they, skipped right over them. Yeah, you, uh, well, I was saying, yeah. yeah, no, I had to go the whole route. So, anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes, so the guy up the street, and they were brand new at Spanking at the time. You know, I think they were the only 10s, or they might have been 20s, whatever. And, um, um, and to make a long story short, there was that was my starting point in, to an eight-year habit. Hmm. Every day, um, it went from 10s to 20s to 40s um, to 80s, um, 380s a day. Um, That's insane. Yeah, and I was tiny. Uh, I was only like, I thought, I was 92 pounds, and somebody would say something like how sick I look, and I'd be like, damn, you're just so damn jealous. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, yeah. you wish you looked like me yeah, right now. Right. And they're like, no, we don't. Yes, <laughs> fucking skin but and bones. I, I couldn't see any of it. Yeah. I mean, and I, uh, again, I was functionable for a lot of those years. I worked a full-time job. Well, you had to. Uh, that's, that's uh, you know, what is that? Two hundred and forty dollars a day. Yeah, well, you know, and and so my story yeah. gets into eventually. Gene can't afford two hundred and forty dollars a day. The rent's not getting paid, but the landlord's my parents. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so the roof didn't get lost, but you know, um, and I put that out there. I mean, I did prostitute for a little while here and there um, mm. while I mm. had my daughter in the back seat of the car. You know, it's it's the things we do is really. Um, Yep. 
Doc, doc, serious places this disease takes us. And I yeah. swore I would never, ever in my entire life do anything to that degree. And but the, my you, disease did not. Yeah, care. we don't. That's we, right. We can, we, and we can if mean that an when we say it. Like, oh, I'm not going to do that. And you'll, you're going to mean it. Of course. But follow that it, disease this, down the this path. This just long sits enough. there with a the hammer and chisel and just chips away, of chips course. away, that's right. chips away. And, and your, your standards bar just goes down and down. And it, it, and it happens with everything. It happens with a job that you'll take. It yeah. happens with a person that you'll be with. It happens with the shit that you're going to take from someone and what, yeah. right. what you're going to allow people to say to you Absolutely. and how you're going to allow people to treat you. It's, it's, it's so crazy. Yes, yeah, settle how, for less. How many yeah. options you have keeps getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have options, you're going to take the, the best one or the one that fits in your, your moral compass or something, yeah. whatever. Right. And then when you don't have any options anymore... You're that goes do out what the window. You gotta do. Right. Yep. And I think that's when I realized it, it wasn't until, like I said, it was like an eight year run. Um, it wasn't until I had done something like that. And my, my logic to my head was my daughter's in the car seat. She's blind. She don't know where we are. You know, and like the things I tell myself to uh, justify. Yeah. You know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. And so crazy. And would go in there and, and go out, go in, come out, and then say, I will never do that again. And I will t- honestly tell you, about seven hours later, I was back in that driveway doing the one thing that I said I wouldn't do again. Yep. That um, reminds me of, uh, <laughs> that reminds me of my boy in the backseat of my uh, truck, locked the door. I ran up. I was in Brockton, on the side of the road. He's in the truck. I ran up. I buy my buy the crack. Yeah. I'm looking out the window. I have to run over, look at the window, wait till somebody open the door, look at the window. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. He's out in the street. Yeah. In Brockton. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. <sighs> so crazy. You know, and then it wasn't until, um, uh, mm. you know, I and so in that eight year span. Um, and this is quick. I'll make this quick. Um, once that marriage was over, um, I, once again, I go seeking. Even though I'm, I'm, I've got the drugs in my system now, I'm still seeking for that perfect, perfect person that I think is going to fix yeah. me. Because yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm not happy. I don't like this. I don't. What? Why do I buy a car? And everything was always a flashboat with me. Everything yeah. was always about the outside. Yeah. Like um, you have no idea that you're restless, irritable, and discontent. Exactly. No idea. None. Yeah. None. Until I got to 50, page 52 in the big book. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, there That's I am. Me. That's me. Um, but it was like, um, all right, I'm just going to do what I do. I'm going to go back out and find somebody. And mm. um, I met someone a lot younger than me. Uh, that was the gentleman that I was helping find crack on the floor. And yeah. I'm like, oh, what's yeah. going on? And um, he, um, it's really sad sometimes with the court systems with this, but, um, you know, he does, you know, these kids out here and my, and my boys experience this also, you know, they, they did a crime related to their drugs, nothing really super you know, I didn't rob any banks or anything, but, you know, uh, he violated a probation due to it. He couldn't stay sober. Yeah. And the judge says, yeah, you're going to jail. Um, and mm. he goes to jail and tries heroin for the first time. And, uh, he was 25. I was 31. I was rocking the cradle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyways, on a serious note, you know, he came out and two weeks later he overdosed and died. Um, And it happened to be the weekend that I chose not to be around him. Um, I decided to go out with my girlfriends and go down the Cape for the weekend and my phone got blown up and blown up and blown up and I'm like, nope, I'm not doing this this weekend. Um, Because I had, at this point, 
found my way into sobriety. Um, mm. I came in. Um, I did three detoxes. I did um, High Point was my very first one in um, 1999. Mm. Um, Is that when it was over at the VA? Uh, no, uh, wait a minute. Man, I'm at. No, I went. I went to High Point when it was on. No, the No, I went to property. the one down in Plymouth. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Plymouth was the first one I went to. Because it was, it was. That was Catholic Charities. Mine was Catholic Charities. Mine was Catholic Charities on Main Street in Brockton, next to Ed, where Edwina Martin is now. Yeah. No. On, and on then it was Catholic Charities on. One twenty three. The VA yeah, grounds, yeah, right. and then it went from Catholic Charities to High Point. Oh, it did. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know, know that. that now. See, I always yeah. thought High Point was just in Manomet and they you know, they Thomas. they bought it and then it was gone and it was over mm. to um, with the old sergeants used to be where it is now. Yeah, mm. that's crazy. Yeah, no, I went to yeah. high, so he had passed Catholic away Charles. and I was like, um, uh, I I didn't really. I had gone to detox and came out and knew not. Didn't learn anything. Mostly, you're not gonna learn anything in five days or seven yeah. days. These I, I, didn't, I didn't go to detox to get sober. I, I went because I didn't have any money or I was just too sick to yeah. deal with it. You so know, I like went I in, didn't know. Yeah, I went in and I came out. I just repeated that, and uh, he passed away. And uh, you know, I think within a month I was back in another relationship with another gentleman, and. Um, Two years into that relationship, he overdosed and died while I was in detox. Wow. Um, I woke up the night before I went to detox, and I said, oh, my God, I don't know, but one of us is going to die. And I said, I'm calling in the morning. I'm getting a bed. I can't do this anymore. Wow, somebody um, was looking out for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I called, and um, that's when I, I made my way down. to. I went to Gosnell, and... Um, I got my mother and my sister came in three days into my detox. I knew something was wrong. They told me he had passed away, and I chose not to leave. I knew better. Wow. I knew that wow. leaving wasn't. And part of me, too, didn't want to leave because I thought his parents and people were going to blame me because they knew that we were both doing oh, it yeah. together. Yeah, so yeah. a lot of it was my that own. That stuff happens. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't. You know, everybody I, who's hurt is looking for somebody I to said, yeah, um, blame on. I'm not. I'm not coming out. I'm gonna stay right where I'm at, and because um, I had done two spin dries, as because I guess that's yeah, what we want to call it. That's what I already called it. The last spin time dry. I, the last time I left, um, I was told this too because of how sick and twisted my thinking is. Because obviously, you guys know that this is a thinking disease. Yep. Yeah. And my Spiritual mother says disease. to me, "What are you doing?" I said, "I got a bed tomorrow at, at Gosnell." All right, where are you going? I. I'm going to get my nails done. I have to go. To, I have to go to the mall. I have to buy all new clothes. I'm going to get my, <laughs> getting my hair done. The Gosnell runway you were going yeah, to. Yeah. She's like, where do you think you're going on vacation? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I said, well, I know one thing. I said, I'm going this time, and I'm going for however long it's going to take me because I can't come in and come out and come in and come out. Yeah. Yeah. And um and I had that set mind when I left. So I went to Gosnell and I said, I'm going to the Emerson house. They said, Well that's quite a way. I said, I don't care, I'm gonna wait for that house. Um so I bumped from uh I think at that point, um Gosnell was twenty eight days program. Yeah, it may have been which Really, have. when was this? ninety? Yeah. I was I was never lucky. No, 99, 2000, 99, 2000, 99, 2000. Yeah, I was never lucky enough to get down that way. I think I went. I, I went lied to and said I knew somebody on that living on that address, but yeah. that's how I got in there. And, I was only um, there for a week. It was twenty eight days, and then 
They bumped me over to a hyannis holding facility at the time, and I uh, was very fortunate. I was only there three weeks, and six girls in the house got booted. And um, I remember, So you moved right up the ladder. I moved right yeah. up the ladder, and uh, <laughs> I remember driving up to that big Victorian house, and oh, my God. And that's the... Because Emerson I never spent time with you said? the. I was it's the Emerson's house. Yes, it's in yeah. Falmouth. It's a oh, house with forty two women. Forty two, and um, I, and you probably hear it for a lot of girls. Like they were not my friend. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was yeah. always looking for the guy. Yep. So right. you know, women. So I, they were threats. They were threats. Mm, yeah. And um, I remember um, walking in there, and you know, I, like I said, I was really thin. And one of the girls goes, "Yep, she's definitely a heroin addict." Something you can tell by the looks at her. I'm like, oh, "Here we go." You wanted to kill her. Yeah, yeah. And it's like <laughs> anywhere that you go, um, if you want something bad enough, I knew um, to keep to myself. Um, it's like the clicky thing back in school. Yeah. Um, mm. you, but you know, I really wanted to get sober. I didn't. I, and thank God it was took me three times to do it. But I've had I'd lost our two boyfriends, so I think it's kind of like you know, hello, wake up, you're next. Yeah. You know, yeah. the desperation. Um, and I didn't want anybody raising my children. I wanted to be the one raising those kids. You know what I mean? They right. were in my life. So, so they were with your parents. They're at like what? Eight now, maybe? Um, Corey was like eight. Uh, Jesse was six. And the twins were five yeah. around that point, I think. Um, my, believe it or parents? not, they stayed with my mother. And my mm. ex-husband had stopped drinking for that period of time. He oh. went on a little thing where he wasn't drinking for like a couple of years. Mm. Nice. So um, I was afforded that to be able to go down there and take whatever time because I, I said I don't know how long I'm going to be down here it's usually a three month program um, but I'm not coming back until I figure out what's going on with me because I know well, that was good that was what you needed now had had you been exposed to any types of meetings at that point or had you gone to any or I yeah um, so prior to that um, I tried NA was the first program mm -hmm. I went into and I don't I please don't any of you listeners take this the wrong way so you know I came into NA um, and I was petrified of the women they looked too tough and mean yeah. <laughs> and I was like oh no they're gonna beat the crap out of me and so I was very really? timid and, and I felt like I at the time I was too afraid to open up which is really strange to me because I'm very sociable with anybody but yeah, yeah. there was something about it that I just like the whole program itself clicked with me because um, when I was at the Emerson house and I always tell this story too um because alcohol, I didn't use alcoholically, I was always like, well, I'm not an alcoholic. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, so right. when I had a meeting at the house, they would have a meeting at the house. Um, the little lady that was no more than 4'11 um, ran that place like top notch. Yeah. Anybody <laughs> in here think they're not an alcoholic? And I really, like, 100%, my hand went up. And she looked at me, and she's like, well, really? Okay, so what's your drug of choice? And I said, oh opiates she said well let me know go get yourself a glass of wine and at when you're through with that glass of wine you let me know what happens at the bottom of that glass boom the light went on because i knew once mm. i had that glass of wine i was just gonna go get my pills yeah oh it's so uh, simple it's such a go. simple it way was, of thinking yeah. it was just so simple it just Brilliant. made it just put me into a place i was like Brilliant. oh put that hand down right now yeah, yeah. Well, that, put that, that hand down that uh that makes me think you know what the difference between aa and N.A. Oops. Okay. Besides some different literature or whatever, what is the difference? 
Really nothing. No. So you're telling me that alcohol needs to be have a special program because it's not a drug? That's well, no, what but gets confusing the, for but people, But in the I NA think. literature, it says alcohol is, is a, a drug. drug. Yes. So yes. there you go. So the, why, I, you know. It was. What? I don't know. What why are we was doing? It? Why was our, it our our founders <laughs> were were alcoholics. Yeah, and back it, in the, the 30s. focus was <laughs> the focus was strictly on alcohol. Right, and then people started talking about drugs, mm. and they were like, "Yeah, that's really not you know what we're about here." And that's when someone went off and was like, "Well, listen, there's a lot of people that need this this program, but they don't want to talk about that." And right. that was I've last- read the literature. Fucking Bill took drugs. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Bill got fucked up. Yeah. Yep. No, that's, yep. but that was last century, right? Yeah. I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know in what I mean? today's world, it's now like, there's, now there's heroin. I, I mean, I was in a heroin CA, anonymous, the CA, this drug addicts anonymous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, what are you going to, fingernail clipping anonymous? You know what I mean? <laughs> you name it. It's out there. Yeah. It's uh, out it's, there. It's, 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 you know, it's all the same stuff. It's it the inside. Is all the same. Hey, all it takes to start a group. Is a fucking coffee pot and a resentment. <laughs> and boom, there you go. Oh, I fuck like them. It. I'm going to stop my own meeting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Stop my so, own I, I, so I did yeah. start in there, but I had a real, really rough, rough time I am connecting with the women. Mm. Um, and, and so it just didn't, it just didn't fly with me. <clears throat> so when I went to the um, Emerson house, I was forced for three months to learn about women. Yeah. And. Mm. To learn that you know we're we're the same, and we all have our own inside stuff, and we need each other to get through it. And you know they always saying Let that oh, a guy's gonna pat you on your ass, but the woman's gonna save your life. Yeah, and yeah. it's so true. Huh. And uh, and that started a journey for me with relationships with women in my life and realizing uh, like I'm not alone like when I tell my story I'm like I see a million girls even you know <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah right yeah and yeah but but you think you're powerful. so different yeah. but we think you know we're what unique I mean? and different exactly and yeah. we're not and it, and it's all about that void and 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 just not feeling you know good enough and you know like I said mine my addiction has gotten me from um drugs um I can't say sex was one of them, but um, <laughs> men, drugs, and then gambling became a huge problem for me oh, for really? a lot of years um, before I, um, but. Um, Fixing feelings. Yeah, exactly. And um, so I, you know, I completed the program and they said, uh, when you're done, do what you need to do, which is get your ass to a meeting. Get yourself a sponsor as soon as you can. Join a group because the people in the group are going to get to know who you are and what's going on in your life. Yeah. I didn't hear the steps at that point. Um, we'll get into that. And uh, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay. And there was two women in my area that were leaving the same time. And thank Christ for that because I think if I had walked out by myself, that fear of walking in alone sometimes, we just – that stops a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. would have kept would have kept you out of the meet, meetings. Would have kept me uh, out following up the house, the, the treatment center. So yeah. we made a game yeah. plan. We left. We said okay. And one of the girls, Karen, had already been circling meetings probably a couple of years before me. So she had all the set meetings that we were gonna go to. Mm-hmm. And my first group became New Way Life um, Friday nights in East Bridge in East Bridgewater. That was my home group for God, like 12, 15 years. That was. Actually, mm. the first podium I spoke from. Yeah. P- 
petrified. Big is that meeting. the one in in the uh, the center? No. It's no, it's um, right near West Bridgewater High School, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Big yeah. church on the right-hand side. Go down and take a left. The road goes to the left. The high school's there, police station, fire station. Yeah. Oh, Very, yeah. very big meeting. It was a very oh, huge. Yeah. I, I haven't been over there in ages, but it was huge. a showboat meeting. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, showboat. <laughs> yes. Showboat. Yes. Everybody just showed up with whatever they got going. I'm like, a brand oh, yeah. of sneakers. This got brand of boots. You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, but whatever got you there. And, um, right. you know, yep. that became my first group. Um, and then I remember how I ended up joining it. Um, I went on a commitment at Cap Charity. So someone said, hey, you want to go to a commitment? Yeah, I, was, yeah. I didn't know what a commitment was, but I'm like, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> And um, there was like six or seven of us, and I spoke, and one of the girls, I think you probably knew Lee, I'm not going to, so this girl Lee says to me, hey, she's not supposed to speak, she doesn't belong to this group. I said, oh, yes, I do, sign me right up right now. Oh, <laughs> I, think, I, think I, I think I know Lee. Yeah, uh, so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to fix her for saying that, so that's how I ended up joining the group. Yep, get what you need sometimes. Exact, you ain't kidding. Um, yeah. And I had a blast, um, believe it or not. This, you know, we talk about getting sobriety. I, you know, I was probably in my <clears throat> early thirties, which kids are coming in real early today, yeah, you know. Yeah. But yeah, um, and I had the babies, and I, I say to people now, like, if you want it bad enough, you'll go to whatever. I'm talking like I brought four kids, and at back then they had a child's room. Yeah, yeah. And I came in with double strollers with the two twins and then I had a stroller with the other two and you know, yep. I wow. had people that would sit and watch them while I could get the message or mm. all that stuff and um you know, I, I went on booze cruises. I went on all, all sorts of things. Um, sober had, cruises. Sober cruises. Yeah. yeah. What did I say? Booze, booze cruises? cruises. Yeah. I don't know where that just came from. and <laughs> <laughs> East just went on when I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, they had the sober cruises. Uh, they had ski trips. Um, and then, you know, I always talk about the fellowship. That's where I met some really amazing women yeah. in my life. Um, to share some stuff with, and by all means, you know, here I am, a mother of four babies, raising them by myself, and he was around on the weekends, but, you know, I was pretty much the caretaker, and he wasn't very good at financial responsibilities, and I worked full-time. Wow. And uh, I stayed sober for two years, um, but I didn't change the person I brought in. And I Mm. slowly, but the funny thing was this. Um, Someone said to me, hey, you know, why don't you check out the, uh, there's a step meeting over in Weymouth um, on Wednesday nights, co-ed. It's a big book meet. I said, oh, yeah, okay, I'll go to that. I sat there for a whole year, whole damn year, listening to the, just to the flips of the cycle. You know, like, maybe I don't, what do you you mean I can't speak? They don't want to hear what I have to say. Was that across the (laughs) social hospital? No, this was right down the street from Jimmy's, uh, re- um, Jimmy's near the plaza, but it's on the was on the backside mm. street. So if you're coming up near their academy, it was down the oh, church yeah. in the corner at the time. Um, and um, I right before I had relapsed, I got in a relationship. So I stayed out of the relationship for a year, like they tell you to stay out of a relationship. Yeah. All right, I'm good. I can get in a relationship again. <laughs> and um, he relapsed, and I didn't do any work on myself. And thank God it was only like a, a, a two-month run, um, and I bought myself right back in. And uh, mm. 
I had gotten in, um, that's when I was started to cycle some of the big book meetings, but I didn't do the work. I was still doing all the other stuff that I was supposed to do. I had a sponsor, and I was going to commitments, and I was going to meetings and all that stuff. And thank good for someone that can do all that. But I was two and a half years sober, and um, about six months prior to that, I asked this woman to sponsor me through the steps, and I did it because she was scary, and she didn't believe in open AA, and she was a big book thump and all that crap. And I oh, said, yeah. she's going to make me do it. Really, yeah. it's something right, that was gonna go. force me to do it, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, I never called her, but I'm driving down the road, um, two and a half years sober, and I want to kill myself. I didn't want to pick up, um, but I didn't know what was wrong with me, and everything in my life was wonderful at this point. Yeah. My kids have gotten older now, um, and I've learned a lot of things from the women how to raise my children and be a good mom, and you know, my boys were into sports. Um, so Corey was getting older, um, and he, he was a good kid. He, um, he was like, I always talk about, he's like that all American boy. Um, he did well in school. He didn't give me any trouble. I didn't see any, you know, thing that I was going to worry about as he was getting in his high school years. He had a girlfriend he met in his freshman year and they were were good. And he was an all-star football player. Great. My middle kid was... Um, getting into, I could see him. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have my hands full with this one. Yeah. Mm. And then um, my youngest son Jordan, being premature, he developed mentally. Was really s- slow. He wasn't retarded or anything like that. But his development level, he was way behind, um, and just had a really tough time with. Uh, comprehension and common sense. I would make jokes like, "If you don't be quiet, I'm going to throw you in the trunk." And he'd look at me and go, "You're going to put me in the trunk?" Like he really couldn't differentiate yeah. oh, what I yeah. meant by yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so we were seeking a lot of doctors with him at that time, and he had ADHD really, really bad. So um, I, um, I called, uh, I called up my friend when I'm driving I'm like what is going on my kids are all good my life is good and I want I just I don't know I'm like and I'm sober two and a half years you he said can you stop crying and pull the car over real quick and I said sure not a problem he said write this woman's number down call it tomorrow I swear to God Jean she will help you feel better Mm -hmm. I said okay I called the number and wouldn't you know it was the woman that I asked to sponsor me like six months prior (laughs) God gives you what you want, huh? Yeah, yeah. Gives you what you need. <laughs> That's right. Gives me what I needed. And yeah, I, right. I literally was in that much pain. I called her up. Um, she said, uh, can you meet me at Starbucks in Nashville? I said, yep, be there at such and such time. It was in the summer. I remember it. Um, we did steps one, two, and three really quick. She goes, you want to do three in the bathroom? And I said, no, I want to do it on the beach because there's something about nature with me. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, broad daylight down at Marshfield Beast. I'm holding a woman's hand doing my third step prayer, you know? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I didn't get no lightning bolts, but when I got up off my knees, for some apparent reason, I've got a wave of peace that told me the next thing I'm about to do is going to change my life. Mm. And I knew I was going to be okay. Mm. She goes, now go get yourself a notebook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I nice, wrote for a nice y- big thick one. Yeah. Well <laughs> I don't when I when I took women through the steps, I mean my, but this was my first time I I I wrote for a year and a half, seven notebooks. Oof. Wow. Long time. Yeah. And I saw mm. I put it down and then my life got a little colorful. Yep. I didn't pick up or anything, <laughs> but I got yeah, mm-hmm. You know, and uh 
I met with her every Thursday. She had to make sure I was doing, which was good. That's why I liked about it because she was on me every yeah. Thursday. Meet me at the Canton Big Book meet and check, 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 check to make sure I was doing it. So, mm. you know, um, you know, I did my steps four, five, six, seven around um, right around the time I was doing my eighth step. Um, my dad, um, a direct result of his using, had a heart attack. Um, they revived him, and I got the call that they were bringing him to the hospital. Um, by the time he got there, he had been down for 20 minutes. My father was brain dead. Um, wow. And uh, they brought him up to ICU. We had to wait. Um, and my poor mother was in Foxwood. She had that long ride to go. Um, I called my brother and sister, and... Um, Everybody came in, and we, we, you know, they just said there's nothing we can do. And so we made a, a decision family-wise to, to pull the plug. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, each and everybody got their chance, and it wasn't the way I wanted to do my amends with my dad, but that's where I got to let go of all the crap that mm. I had carried for all those years. Mm. Um and, you know, apologize for things, you know, because it was two ways at times. You know, I had my own nasty behaviors that I got right. to see through my writing. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow, I can't tell you, I had car- carried for um, almost 40 year, thirty four almost 40 years a lot of crap to do with my father. And I was oh, able sure, to, yeah. it just all washed, it just went away. Mm. And... Uh, it took him four days. Um, we always say they're waiting for somebody, but anyways, four days later, um, and me and my daughter were the super close ones, and he waited till we left the room, and he passed. Um, and I was six years sober when that happened. Um, and I, I got to tell you, this is where the program comes in, the people that showed up at oh, that yeah. funeral yeah, parlor, um, didn't even know him. They, yeah. they, sure, they showed, showed up, for, up me. for you. They yeah. showed up for me. The support I got, it was amazing. Mm. Um, for some apparent reason, um, and I always tell everybody my story, I like to do the steps backwards. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I've done the steps three, uh, four times now, and then I do the same thing. I uh, stop helping others. Yeah. I stop praying and, and uh, meditating. I'm not taking my personal inventory. I'm taking yours, Chris. Yep. Um, and then, you know, nine, I don't need to make any amends because I'm not hurting anybody. Um, and I don't have any character defects. And I'm not telling anybody anything. And mm. I got this. Yeah. And I do yeah. it every friggin' time. Yep. Um, the spiritual peace becomes real, 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 real tough for me. And um, right around my eight-year medallion, the next day, my son had a toothache, and there was two codeine sitting there. I'm like, give me those. No, no, no thought process to it. Nothing. Yeah. Wow. Just give me those. Wow. Um, and I was like, I don't, you know, it's I th- the after that. It was like after I put them in my mouth, and it wasn't even Tylenol codeines weren't even going to do anything yeah, for right. me. You know, right. It was yeah. like a joke. But I was like, I cannot believe how baffling is that. I, I cannot <clears throat> believe I just did that. Um, my pride and my ego got in the way, so it kept me out there for like a good six months. Um, so in this whole mix of me, um, my son is now 17. Um, and so the kids, the kids knew about sobriety. 
kids knew about meetings. Yeah, because they, they lived it. They it lived was... it with me. They were in the halls with me. I talked about the steps. They knew about the step work that I was doing because they were all getting old enough. Um, <clears throat> Corey's in high school doing really well. Jesse's 15, and he's starting to get into trouble, and he's doing stupid stuff, and he picked up pot. Corey didn't do really that. He reminded me a lot about myself. I mean, he probably drank occasionally here, but he didn't really get himself in any trouble. He was, football was his thing and his girl was his yeah. thing, you know? Um, Jesse um, was in, started pot at uh, 11. Um, the the pot, uh, and he, you know, he was very hyper too. My kids were all ADHD and hyper and couldn't sit still. And bipolar runs on my ex-husband's side of the family, not on mine. But they had a lot of mood swings. And um, he decides to go do a couple of B&Es and gets caught. And then does another one oh. and gets caught. So um, they have a place called Holland Detention Center in Taunton. Yeah. It's an actual jail for Jewies. And uh, Jesse was uh, placed into that system for six months um and then came out i was living in easton at the time um he was on house arrest for six months and drove me crazy because he couldn't leave the house um and you know so i was dealing with jesse and all of his stuff and then we have jordan who i I really believe mental health really needs to be at the forefront because this poor kid suffered um as he was getting older, um, he started to display a lot of manic behaviors, crazy stuff. Um, um, right before he had passed, uh, he was in a psych ward um, the year before that. It came out around 18, when he turned 18. And he picked up pot a couple of years before that, too, to slow himself down. Um, but nothing really crazy. Um, and then all of a sudden he thought... Um, I was trying to poison him, and some schizophrenia behavior came out, and we cycled um, the psych wards. He was in eight psych wards in one year. What would happen is he'd go in, they'd treat him three weeks, he'd come out, um, he'd take the meds for a couple weeks, and then he thought, yeah, I got this, I don't need this stuff. And then two weeks off his meds, he'd be doing stuff crazy, like standing in the street or whatever the heck he would do and barking like a dog. It was crazy. And, you know, so I got him in the hospitals over here, and this one, he has house arrest. This one's okay, so I don't have to worry about it. And then all of a sudden, it's his senior year. He gets in a couple of, um, when we're talking about my oldest kid, um, and I'm sober through all this stuff, too, you know. And um, Corey comes to me in his senior year um, after a couple of football injuries and a couple of uh, prescriptions of Percocets. Girlfriend's breaking up with them because it's their senior year and she's going off to college. So oh, heartbreak yeah, of the romance. Hard, yeah. And he comes to me because he knew he could come to me. My kids are always knew they could come to me. And he said, um, I got a Percocet problem. Like, I don't know what to do, Mom. And I'm like, okay, well, well you're going to have to go to detox. I mean, and that's where you're going. The first step, yeah. 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 yeah first so step. he didn't display the behaviors of an addict oh, until he was exposed to the perks from... The football the, the injuries yeah. yeah yeah but but prior to that yeah. nothing i mean he didn't even go to really football parties he wasn't really much of a drinker he didn't i know for a fact he didn't like the pot he went straight to the opiates kind of yeah. like his mom i mean that mm. opiates is my drug of choice and um i said okay um he graduated i'm like uh I think his graduation was like a week or two away. Oh, a week or two away, and I'm like, "Can you graduate? And let's just get you graduated. Yeah, yeah. Can you hold on? And I'm like, you know, 
Um, <clears throat> we got him graduated, and as he immediately went to uh, his first detox right like two days after graduation, he went to NORCAP. Um, and from NORCAP, wow. he went right into Project Turnabout over here in Weymouth. Oh, yeah. in Weymouth, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, he stayed there for four months. He did really, really well. At least, I, you know, this is the worst thing for a parent you know what i mean it's like especially i don't know i always say to parents because i talk a lot too with the grief stuff um is is it better to know what i know or is it better to be not to know mm. what i know um but you're I, talking about as an addict in recovery yeah i mean yeah. because I, yeah. after doing my step work and mm. seeing all the isms and the behaviors i could start to see, it was almost like they were mirror like in my book one of my sentences out there like they're mirroring my behavior like i could see what they were doing yeah. well, i yeah. could see how they were um you know the, the behaviors the clothes the sneakers the the, the girlfriend the girlfriend the girlfriend yeah. get my, get sober for try and fix the feelings not do any work on themselves relapse you know, exactly the, just the cycle of that that we do yep and yeah. so um so i you know jordan um at this point um went to live with my sister for a couple of years um because i couldn't keep myself in the right track uh was worried about Corey, and then i could see where jesse was going and his mental health was too much mm. on top of everything so they were willing to kind of curve it over to them a little bit and and help me keep an eye on his mental health part because the second the kid to stop taking meds he was in the hospital yeah you know i mean like in restraints wow. Um, wow. We had a, he got arrested one time. We had to tell him, listen, he's not on drugs. It's just because of his mental health banging wow. his head off them. Yeah, because they're gonna they're gonna think that he's in psychosis or whatever. Right, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. you know, and so I got focused on trying to get my son where he needed to go. And so to speed all this up, because we could be talking forever. Um, Corey started at seventeen. Um, if I have to guess. Um, 50 detoxes. Wow. Um, every halfway house on the South Shore. Um, hmm. He did North Cottage. He did the Yander House. He did the Ink House. Um, he did the Hope House, which I guess they throw a kid around calling it the Dope House. Yeah, yeah. But he yeah. did that twice. Um, he could only get a couple of months underneath his belt, and he would just keep on doing the same thing, and it was always he could get a job. He'd work too many hours, and then the girl comes into play, and then the relapse came into play yeah. over and over and over and over. And I'm just like, you. And, and for me, I think I sounded like Charlie Brown to my kids because yeah, yeah. it was coming from their mother. Yeah, right. all right, mom. Because yeah. all I kept on saying to my kids was just get in the steps, just get in the steps, get in and look at what's going on inside you. Um, I don't think that my boys had a very. Uh, face. I mean, they they went through catechism. I took them. You know, they learned about God and stuff, but they didn't have that belief system as they got older. For some yeah. reason, there was no such thing as no whatever. Relationship no, yeah, them, nothing. Yeah. And they and I know they struggled with that. Um, mm. And um, so you know, my days would be like, okay, Corey's out on a run on the streets. I did tough love. I did the enabling. Uh, nothing worked for me. Some people yeah. get the tough love and the kids get it. My kid was out on the streets and it didn't make a difference. Um, right. Jesse had now gone from smoking pot to get... Jesse was my everything kid. He did everything that you could, he could get his hands on. Crack, coke, heroin. Yeah. 
um, whatever he could do to get really get the relief. He he was he was everything, and he got in trouble with the law most of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so you know, uh, it became it became about a juggling act between detoxes. And Jesse got section uh, eight times. Um, Corey only once, but Corey knew that when things got bad enough, he went in on his own and got his help and did, mm. did what he did. That's Section 35, sent to jail, basically. Uh, yeah. jail. Well, I'll tell you about the Section 35, my experience. It's a joke, but it isn't. Um, it gave me some break, but it's like um, they held him one time, 12 days. I was like, 12 days? What do you mean I let him out in 12 days? You know, it wasn't even 30 yeah. days. Mm. They let him out at 21 days. Um, the only time he was not... And had to do it when he went to Bridgewater. And yeah. he had to go to Bridgewater right. three out of the eight times. One time at Matt's, he actually climbed the fence and left. Um, wow. So, you know, this was a juggling act, and it was very tiresome um, for everybody. Um, and, mm. you know, the stealing came into play of everybody's stuff being stolen and um, my stuff being stolen. And, you know, but I went to wherever I could send my kids. I was always there, detoxes, this, that, this, that, whatever. But um, it was uh, around April 11th of 2013. I was at work, and my son, Jesse, called me up um, screaming. I couldn't understand a word he was saying to me. And um, he said, Jordan's gone. I'm thinking, gone where? You know, I was, wasn't. Yeah, this is the youngest this one. This is the youngest one that never touched heroin or opiates. It was far for me to ever think wow. this was going to come. I'm like, gone where? And um, and I realized in his voice, uh, no, mom, gone, like Jordan's dead. And I remember dropping the phone at work and falling to my knees, and I was like, I was in a fog for a moment, and then I stepped back up and got on the phone and said, all right, I'm on my way. I remember someone from work saying, you ain't driving. We'll take you to wherever you're going. And he was staying, wow. and he was staying at a friend's trailer. Um, by the time we got there, I had called family members. By the time I got there, um, the police had already, there was, uh, I don't know how many, the police were there in the morgue or the, whatever. The coroner. Coroner was already there. And they basically said Oof. that, uh, you know, he was gone and there was really nothing we, we could do. And there's no sense of us sitting in the parking lot. Um, you know, you're not going to want to watch your son come out in a body bag. Yeah. Um, so mm. why don't you, you know, go home and be with your family? And um, I, it, it took me a while. I was like, uh, how, how about how did this happen? This kid is, you know, at first I thought he committed suicide, to be honest with you, because he was struggling at the end with his, with his um, psych medication and yeah. always feeling like there's something wrong. He's like, why am I like this? I don't want to live like this. Um, his toxicology report came back. He died from Suboxins and too many Xanax and Clonopins um, was in his system. Um, <sighs> and um, Corey, at the time that this happened, was in Long Island in a program. Um Jesse was doing okay, but Jesse and Jordan became best of friends because Corey, being the oldest, started to cycle out to detox as he wasn't around for his brothers as much because he was never home. He was yeah, always in yeah. a program, mm. so those two became real close. Plus, they were less than a year apart. So, yeah. um, But Corey was uh, – I went there, and they allowed Corey to leave under my supervision for 48 hours, um, and he was able to do his brother's eulogy. And um, – he went back to the program. Um, he did well, well for a while, and then 
he relapsed again. Um, his last attempt was, um, so Jordan died uh, November 11th of 2013. That's uh, the summer of 14. Uh, I called up a friend um, and said, um, what am I going to do with him? He said, bring him up to New Hampshire. I'm sure you guys know Danny. Yeah. Uh, so Danny said, bring him up to New Hampshire. Um, there's no detoxes up here, but I'll throw him on my couch, detox him, and then put him in one of the houses up here for you. So my son, Corey, was always willing to go to whatever. He just couldn't get it, you know? Mm. Um, so I got him on the, the bus. I said to someone, because he was high as a kite, I'm like, please make sure he gets on that bus and off that bus, because I was so afraid, like, you know, uh, as a mother, always we're always waiting for that phone call. I had already gotten one, but I already thought that I was already going to get the phone call from Corey or Jesse yeah. at this point, not Jordan. And um, he got up there and uh, they did exactly detox there, got in the program, um, and Danny started to try to get him on the step work. And I know he's working step one and step two, but he took a job up there. Yeah. Here we go. So the job became a little more hours and not enough time to meet up with Danny to do the step work. And then the next thing, you know, a girl comes in the picture and then I get the phone call. I relapsed. And I can't do a sober host, mom. I got to come back and get into a long-term program. So Corey hopped on a bus, uh, came back to Massachusetts. We made a phone call. This was around October, end of September of 2014. Um, he went into High Point down in Plymouth. Um, he called me on um, October 4th and said, um, can you bring me some cigarettes and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yep, not a problem, buddy. Um, I drove down, dropped off the cigarettes, and then he had called later and said, listen, my, my insurance isn't going to cover me to stay. I'm, they want me out of here on Sunday. And do you think you can get me back into Long Island treatment, which they closed that day. Yeah, Long Island. On the 5th day. <laughs> Um, I said, okay, I'll do what I can. I said, listen, um, when you get up, take the train up, give us a call, let me know what's going on. And um, he, it was Sunday, October 5th. Um, he was supposed to take the train up, and he was supposed to be at the train station at 1, and my mother went to go get him, and he wasn't there, and she called me, and it's like 3 o'clock, and he wasn't there, and I'm like, I already know. In my, in my gut, I'm like, well, okay, well, he didn't do the right thing, so something's up. And when and when he's done doing what he's doing, he'll call one of us yeah. or whatever because that's what I'm used to. And lo and behold, he did. He called his father, and it was the weirdest thing because he's never gone to his father. It's always been me. I've always dealt with it. He and Rachel's always been daddy's girl. And, yeah. You know, like, my, like I said, my daughter's blind and been blind to this day, so he's kind of been that thing with her. But um he called his father. He got there at 8 o'clock, um, and he made a few phone calls, and he said to his father, okay, I'm going to go, go take a shower. The Patriots were on. His father said, okay, no problem. Um, David doesn't know anything about drug addiction or heroin addiction. He's he's an alcoholic. He doesn't understand when the boys go in and turn the shower on. They're doing their works. They're getting set up. Yeah, they're right. doing that thing. Yeah. When they did it with me, they had five minutes, and I'm knocking on the door, and if you're not answering, I'm kicking it. I had yeah. cane everywhere in my house, my purse, my car. Mm. Um and uh, uh, 45 minutes goes by, and uh, he knocks on the door. He doesn't answer, and he kicks the door open and finds Corey um, hunched over. Uh, there was blood everywhere. Uh, he tried to do CPI on him. Um, he called 911, and then he called me, and he said he doesn't look good. 
I said, all right, it doesn't look good. And what's that mean? doesn't look good. He wasn't breathing. I said, oh, Jesus. You know, I'm like, okay. And I lived in Marshfield, so I drove from Marshfield to Brockton because David was living in Brockton. The uh, cops had already came back yeah, um, and told David, um, sorry, that he didn't make it. And um, so we got to... Um, we got to Brockton, and um, I got the phone call right before we hit the parking lot that he didn't make it. And um, I just remember kicking the backup car seat going, this is a joke, right? Yeah. I mean, two kids in 18 months, what is going on? Hmm. Um, so we were able to go in, and um, the doctor came out and said, listen, we tried everything we could for him. Um, we just couldn't save him. Um, nobody is allowed to go back and see him except for their, me and David were allowed to go mm. back and see him. Um, and it's tough because it's something that, you know, it gets embedded in my head when I look at it. But, it's like, you know, I went back there and um, I was kind of pissed at the hospital. They didn't clean any of the blood off him. He had blood from his ears, from his nose, from his mouth, from his eyes. He bled everywhere. And I, you know, typical mother, took the cloth and I cleaned all the blood off him. And, yeah. you know... Um, said my goodbyes to him. And um, I got the toxicology report. He died from um, fentanyl overdose. Also had benzos in him. Um, what a deadly combination. These kids just don't understand today yeah. when they're <clears throat> taking the clonopins and stuff and then doing the stuff. Not even It's not even dope out there anymore. No. It's pure fentanyl. No one, knows, no one yeah. even knows what it is. It's, it's insane. It's crazy. And... Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't mention this, but at the same time now, so I have two children that died, and I didn't have life insurance policy, and I'm going to have life insurance on myself. I never thought in a million years that I'd be burying my children. Yeah, right. And so fundraisers were raised, and people in AA, and uh, it would, they raised enough money. It was almost ten grand for Jordans, and then just uh, when Corey died, it was almost 11000 and all that was raised from people that knew and cared and loved me. And, mm. um wow. Yeah, you know, it's pretty amazing. I'd like to say that I stayed sober, but what happened with me? I was, um, I was like four years sober. I stayed through sober through Jordans, and um, after Corey, I just lost it at Christmas time, and I went on a good six months tear, and that's when heroin came into play for me. I had never touched it before, um, and um, my life got really bad. And Jesse, at this point, too, now his brothers were gone. He couldn't deal with life. He kind of gave up a little bit, and he was on his run. So he was out here doing his crap, and I was doing my crap. Mm. And we are, were no use of each other. So I made a decision to leave to go to Florida. I was like, I can't. Every corner I looked at, it was a memory. And mm. um, Jesse was pulling me down with them, and I couldn't help him. And I felt like the only way I could help him was to help myself. So I made a call to Matt Gammon, and Matt said, I'll get you out to Banyan in Florida. Um, I kicked at home. I said, I'm not going into another detox. Yeah. I hadn't been in a detox since 2000. So um, I kicked at home, and I got on a flight um, in August. And... Um, of 2015 and um i came back in november of 2015 i've been sober since and um nice jesse when i came home was a disaster a complete disaster and i could see it in my kids eyes it's like and i saw it in Corey's at the end too you know it's like 
why can't I get it, Mom? What's wrong with me? Why why is this person getting it and that one getting it? Oh, I and so remember this one that get feeling. that and I'm I don't I'm not getting it. Why do I keep on I knew like I could see the pain in his eyes, just yeah. like how bad he wanted it, but he couldn't just connect the dots and it was the steps that he was missing, but yeah. he just didn't get there in time, you know? And um so I said to Jesse, I'm like, dude, I don't know what we're going to do, but uh, I suctioned him a few times. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to send him to Florida um, because I had such a good experience with it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> I sent him out in January um, on a scholarship. Um, and some of them are legit and some of them aren't. Mm. Um, I sent him out the first trip around and he thought it was a vacation. He kept on relapsing and bouncing and this, that. And I was sending him money and I'm like, I'm not sending you money anymore. You're going to need to come back here. I can't deal with it. Plus, I couldn't keep an eye on him. Yeah. He had overdosed eight times in front of me in 2016. I literally knocked into my son eight times. Um, wow. he, the last time he overdosed in front of me was the second trip to Florida. So again, I tried to keep him here. We tried every detox around here, every program he just mm. wouldn't stick with him. And he was so defiant. He didn't like people telling him what to do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it was September. I am on my way to Braintree. He overdoses in my back seat. I knocked him twice. He didn't come through, so I had to call 911. He finally kicked out of it. When they got there, the ambulance showed up, and they said, well, you're going to the hospital. And I'm like, listen, he's got a flight in like 12, at 1 o'clock in the morning. This was at like 8 or something, and, well, we got to take him there. And um, believe it or not, I kind of was um, thrown back when he got there because they gave him benzos. Uh, wow. Like, you're giving someone that just overd- overdosed on heroin benzos. What, what are you trying to do? And two hours of him ranting and raving, they got so irritated. They're like, all right, fine, go. Go. So just See ya, bye. Those. Yeah, go. Wow. Um, that was Quincy Medical Center. And um, so I got him in the car, and I thought he had nothing left on him. And I got him to the airport at, like, 11, 11.30, and I got a phone call at um this flight was at four i want to say i think because he called me from boston medical center he overdosed again in the bathroom at the airport and the, somebody found him and brought them him there and he was crying i don't know if i'm going to make the flight but there was a boston cop must have escorted him with his lights on all the way to the airport because that kid got on that flight yeah wow. he made it on that flight and um you know, I uh, I talked to, that's where, he was sent somewhere, and then the patient broke, brokering, I was on Fox 25 with this, because what happened was, somebody out there that was not maybe two months sober working for a facility said, hey, dude, I can get you a deal, come check this yeah, place yeah. out, they're going to buy cigarettes, you don't need this, and Jesse was just so easily, to, like, he didn't yeah. really want to be there. He gave up after he lost his brothers. He said to me before he left, what would you do if I died? And I was like, dude, don't even... Don't even go there with that. And, um, you know, he overdosed once out KFC, and then I started to get nervous, and I'm like, I think I need to send him back. And it was uh, November um, 3rd. He called me um, and said, I just finished a program. He was really happy. He said, Mom, I finished it. I'm I'm going to another place. It's a really nice place. I think I'm going to get it this time. And um, I said, awesome, Jesse. I couldn't be anymore. I'm so excited for you. I'm so proud of you. I'm glad I got to say those things to my son. And um, he dropped his bags. And uh, 
I got a call Sunday saying they found him on Delray Beach. He had overdosed and uh, was dead. And uh, I was driving. My mother knew the whole ride um, home that um, that I had lost my third son, but she knew not to tell me while while I was driving because uh, I probably would have killed us. Mm, yeah. Um, and uh, she waited till I parked. Um, David, my ex, already knew, so I was the only one that didn't know. And I'm like, why are we going to David's? Because um, the police came looking for my ex-husband at a Hanover location. I'm like, oh, the cops are looking for you. I think you're in trouble. Never connected the dots. Yeah. You're looking to, t- to try to identify the Yeah, you, your son probably had gotten in trouble and used his name and used his address at one point, and that was the only way they had to contact anyone exactly. right and uh-huh. and then uh he had to identify and jesse had to put a 13 skull on his tattoo and that's all he david had to say was on his face to identify the body um we didn't have to fly out there we identified mm. some of his tattoos um, so this is in how many years you lost all three sons uh, so from 2013 to 2016 three years so in three years three, like three and a half years i lost all three he wow. died from um he didn't even have heroin in his system. He had cocaine and car fentanyl, which is an elephant tranquilizer. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's like 10 times stronger than regular fentanyl. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, you can't oh even, like, God. minuscule of it. Yeah, like, it's insane. And I'm sure that he um, wasn't with anybody. I'm sure he, whatever little he had, you know, like a lot of us, I don't want to share it with anybody. Yeah. So, he, right. you know, he, he bounced out of that place and had nowhere to go and... And the beach is where he ended up. And again, mm-hmm. like I said, I didn't have the money, and people raised eighteen thousand dollars because this one I had to have him embalmed out there and flown back, um, and then you know the whole funeral. And thank God the money was raised that afforded me to do a headstone at the Rockland um, Cemetery in Rockland. Um, is there a headstone? Um, it came out beautiful. Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's been, uh, it's been, yeah, it's been tough. Life on life terms is uh, a <laughs> what That's perfect right. show. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah. You know, there's days I don't want to get out of bed. There's days I don't want to deal with it. Um, but you're you're doing what you can to but help I other do. parents through this. But I do. Um, and you I do deal with it. You know, I do. Power of example. To be commended for that, for sure. Um, yeah. I don't want to cut your story short, uh, but right. we're yeah, we're, we're yeah, yeah, we're, yeah we're, mine's we're, a long story. You no, 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 two hours. <laughs> yeah, um, but we can definitely have you back on. Oh, absolutely, uh, yeah. and you can talk more talk about more about the uh, you know if there's any websites or anything that you want to talk about and throw out there or any well, organizations I mean, I can, that you're with. I mean, basically, I am um, probably three years ago. I mean, it's just like a re, uh, a resource page too. Like I set up, it's called the uh, the Macaulay Boys Hope for. Um, Hope Fund, um, which is just a page with all sorts of, you know, resources and information. Mm. Um, I did do a clothing line called Recovery Happens, which is on Facebook. Um, I, did, I didn't I did do it this past year, but I am hoping that I will restart the clothing yeah. line again. And so. also you started writing And I'm writing my story. story, yes. And that's going to take a little while. Yes. About 50 pages in, and it's only my story so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, you got to start somewhere. That's it's right. It's good, though, yeah. And we're gonna, we are gonna want to have you back on when you um, 
when you finish that, I think would yeah. be good because yeah. then we could talk about that. We we need to get into the grief process too. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and how you've dealt with that because that's important for people who are, who are going through this because yeah. we know there's a wave of people who are going through. Oh, this. Yeah. tons! I there's mean, there's a whole generation. There is, uh, and I'll just throw this out real quick too. So for some, there is um, some really great, great support groups online. I do belong to uh, Mass Team Sharing is one of them, and it's strictly um, for families that have lost loved ones through substance abuse disorder. Yep. It's a pretty good one um and um you know there's uh robin has the sun will rise is a uh, grief support groups she meets tuesdays and thursdays one's in braintree and one's in quincy you can find her online too so what is it the sun will rise the sun will rise um robin lost her son nick when he was 19 a few years back so um she she um created that support group um and it actually has its own meeting at, at awesome. the, the town hall and stuff. That's so great. There are outlets out there, and it's the best thing you could do is to, if you haven't been through it, yeah, you you, gotta, you, need you to, don't know what to do. You got to find someone that does just like right. this stuff. Yeah, exactly. You know? It exactly. makes it, it makes me think. You know, we're here. We're here on this planet for a good time, not a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's a temporary physical uh, experience that we're going through, and. Um, I believe that 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 we're spiritual beings uh, going Absolutely. through a physical process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know why why uh, just drown it all out? Let's 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 be aware uh, and awake to experience it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. And if anyone has any questions um, or needs any of that info that we just put out there, um, just message us and we can get it to you. Yep, get us all on right. Facebook. Uh, Thank you very much for sharing your story with oh, us. Well, thank yes, me thank for you. Very much. We appreciate it. Not and a uh, please subscribe, lolterms.com. Yes. And uh, that's it. Thanks, guys. Out. Peace. 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 <laughs>